0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what
1: day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs)
0: Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-woo!
2: Man, I, I appreciate their passion. Um, I share their passion, we all do. Um, man, we love our fans, man, they, is, they inspire us. Uh, they challenge us. Um, it's an awesome relationship. Man, we don't run from challenges, we run to challenges. Um, this is a sport entertainment business. It is our job to win and thus entertain them. And so, you know, we don't begrudge them for that. Um, we 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 want we want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. It is our job.
1: It is our job. That's right. Remember this is the entertainment business. And Max, 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 Max. Max. What's what's today, Max? Hump day. <laughs> <laughs> woo 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 <laughs> woo! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you're in the spirit now, my good
2: man. Yes, I, I was a little down when uh, Wesley kind of read off the calendar to me, <laughs> yeah. in a very, in a very broad sense of the word. And yeah, I was lamenting about about my still lack of sleep um, <laughs> that I'm still trying to find that I probably won't find until February.
1: Um, That's exactly but, so, Max.
2: Oh my gosh! And then I was up last night because I had I had to write up um, questions for. Uh, for us to ask uh, Coach Pittman, the head coach of uh, Arkansas, because we got Arkansas LSU. Arkansas? Uh, yeah, Arkansas. <laughs> the the Battle of the Golden Boot. Didn't, I bet you didn't know that was a rivalry <laughs> didn't, game. Didn't know that, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a boot shaped in the in the state of Louisiana and Arkansas. Ah, um, okay. And, called, and it's 24-karat t- gold. Um, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was so I was up, I was up a little bit late last night after I got through everything, and uh, had had to type up my questions because that that coach's interview is happening during our show, so obviously I'm not going to be there right. to ask said questions. So I had to type up my questions and have my play by play guy ask him
1: to coach for me. Very so, good, indeed. So, yeah. Multitasking as always that's what makes you yeah. you. All right, my good man. <laughs> so let me it. ask Gotta you this. Do it. <laughs> yes, we got Mike Tomlin coming out at the top. And he says, hey, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's the fans, you know. They, they have a right to express themselves, which I wholeheartedly agree. Now, Max, have you ever been booed before? I have been booed. Um,
2: not in the sense that you think, though. Okay. I've been booed um, really in the sta- – I mean, well, I've been booed in, like, away stadiums. Right, right, right. You know, but at home, at home, have but you come at off home, the field, you
1: know, going into the locker room, and they, they boo you, you know
2: yeah yeah we 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 had the buoys, but I can't remember which game it was it was um uh it was i think it was year three um and the year after we won the super Bowl uh, mm-hmm. we had i can't remember which game it was it was like uh, like week eleven or twelve at home i can't remember who we played, but I just remember like we we just did we weren't playing well right and right. uh and I just remember hearing the boo birds, but the most memorable time of getting booed was actually at the 2018 NFL draft. Um, I was making a pick for, uh, for Mason, uh, Mm -hmm. Rudolph. Okay. The first, the first of our two third round picks that year. And the Cincinnati fans were like right at the front part of the stage. Okay. And so when they came out and announced "Eh, and, and, and with the blah, blah, blah pick, from the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, you know Max Starks right. boo, and, and it's funny. Your brother Ron, who I'll see later today. Oh, by yes. the way, he took he told me to tell you he loves you and oh, sent, yeah. a, sent a hug. I forgot to hug you,
1: but send it right hug. back to him. You betcha. Yeah,
2: there we go. I'll will see him later today. That's it. Um, but uh, yeah, they they booed the crap out of me because they were right in the front of the stage.
1: Yes, of course. Uh,
2: and I was like, oh god, it was like an audible boo. So now for the show when I when I when I come on out out here for uh, for Wolf and Luke's show, right? They play that part of it.
1: Do they really?
2: Where, where Roger Goodell's <laughs> announcing my name, and and you hear the audible boos uh, when I come in as I walk out. So they they play that as a part of my intro. So I'm just like, man, that's I can't escape it. So I get technically get booed every week yeah, uh, that I'm okay. on your brother's show. Uh, yeah.
1: Then you above (laughs) all people, you should be able to enunciate to everybody or hallucinate to everybody what it's like. And Hey, you walk through it. You just walk through it. That's the way it is.
2: Yeah. You own it. I mean, in the, in the sports entertainment industry, a one here, here's the first axiom. Not everybody's going to like what you say, right? That's rule. Number one. Yep. B. There's always going to be somebody or some group or some mass of people that don't like you because of the clothes you wear. By meaning, by that, I'm meaning uniform and helmet. Right. So, booze will ensue. Uh, that's the job. You realize every week you play, half the people watching you love you. And the other half really could give two flying Fs right. in the air about you. And they
1: can't wait to see you fail. And you were talking about Frankfurters, right? You said two flying Correct. Fs. Correct. There we go. Correct. Two two flying Fs. I love I And love then f- there's Frank the Flying Friders. J
2: Plaza, which is a <laughs> truck stop, which has great hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> there you <go>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, that, you, you accept that responsibility. When you decide that I'm going to play for a team at whatever level, right? Pop Warner on up. The second you take a side – By picking a team that you're going to play for or cheer for, that is what the risk is. It's always a 50 50 proposition. You know, greater proposition on what you say that more people will like it than not, or people, everybody will dislike it, but that's not an Allegiance thing. But once you pick a team and you play for a team, half the time, half the people want you to succeed, the other half want to see you fail. So it's bad. When the side that you think has your back does not have your back (laughs) and they're not being entertained and that's, you know, then you have to look and say, hey, we need to do a better job because there's a reason why they're booing. It's not because they don't love the Steelers. They just don't like what we're doing on the field right now.
1: That's exactly the point. And the point is you, that being the player, controls that because you got to get out and get it done. There's, there's no two ways about it. You know, we can, you waste time just sitting there speculating about different plays. I looked at two, two of those Najee runs this morning, okay? I'm watching yeah. it, and I, I, I'm going, now what's the difference between this and the Fred Warner smackdown, the, the, this being the 21-yarder, that was, for all intents and purposes, you know, there was a few guys lined up uh, more inside than outside and this and that, you know what I mean? But it's relatively the same play. Because nowadays it's, it's 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 quite different. It's not you got to hit a certain hole uh, like like you did back in my day. You had a toss thirty two trap. You're going to hit the two hole. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's a little that, bit that, different. That, that's
2: where that's where the bulldozers are, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So. You follow
2: the construction vehicles. You know. Okay, that being the guys with the yellow pants, you know, yeah, got you. you guys wear yellow construction. You get it.
1: Okay. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm laughing like crazy, man. You got me. So, <laughs> so, boy, you know, you almost sounded like the camel on Hump Day there when you laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo yeah. So, so I'm watching. You know, so he breaks off a 21 yarder. He bounces it to the outside. Okay. Now I'm looking and go, what's the difference? Well, you run it over a few times. You go, well, gee, the offensive line got this guy, they got that guy. There's a wide receiver blocking. There's wow. You know what? I, by golly, it looks like everybody is accounted for, and he ripped off a 21-yarder, and you realize, dadgummit, Gummet, that's what that's what Najee is is capable. Of, he's doing. He can do. You know what I mean? That's it. You know, it's like it's a, an epiphany. When you get a hat on a hat and everybody does their job, wow, good things happen. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to express yeah. it in any, any other way.
2: Funny how it works when a, when everybody on the field does their one eleventh, right? Yeah, yeah. When everybody does their one eleventh, it becomes eleven 11th which is a whole, and good things happen when you have everything as a whole. And I think that's what you're trying to get at is when you yeah. do your assignment. As it's said, prescribed in said playbook. Yes. It's funny how good things happen. How your running back can do what your running back does. But he can't do what he wants to do when the center's guy is in the backfield. The guard's guy is in the backfield. Right. One to two yards deep. You can't duck or dodge or sidestep somebody when there's a wall in front of you. You must get past said wall to get out to the open range, right? You know, Hadron's wall. You hide behind the wall for protection. But if the front door is open, no protection. And now the wall is a hindrance because now (laughs) I can only go through one way. Right. Versus getting out past that wall and I have the open field. And that's when you want. You want your running back to take the field.
1: And because when he's in the field, you get those type of runs. That's exactly it. I mean, I'm watching Najee look like the iron horse that he is. You know, took that rock, went 21 yards, comes back on the next one, reverses field, so you know he's capable of busting things. You know he's capable of being able to navigate open fields and so forth, reversing that field. And the, the difference between the, actually the first play and the second play was that, gee, at the point of attack on the second play, somebody blew up the, the B gap, and, and wouldn't you know, you got he had to sh- you know shrug off a defensive lineman and come back the other way. You know, I mean, again, it's about execution, and I keep trying to, I don't know, it seems like... You, you, you try to hammer it home, but all you're trying to do is tell folks this is the way it really is. It's about the execution. Yeah, there's some plays back that you'd like to have if you're calling the plays. There's some plays I'm sure there that the possibility of checking out of them to something else, like back in, 80, in 1982 when Mike Webster told uh, Terry Bradshaw two plays in a row, you can't run that, Terry. No, you can't run that one either after he checked, okay? These things happen, but, you know, The bottom line is the execution by each team. Mono e mono, you're 111th, just as you talked about. And, again, I can't stress that enough. Well, and
2: I think you have to look at it this way, right? You have to look at it that you, no matter what play the offensive coordinator sends out, no matter how much you like or dislike it, if you run it properly, good things still happen. Right. Yes. Because... At the end of the day, there's 11 on their side and 11 on your side. And if you do what your assignment says, and don't worry about anybody else's, unless it's a combination block where it's like a you-me type of thing. Yes. Right? The two Spider-Men pointing at each other, like in (laughs) in the comics. You have to make a decision, okay, which one is lead Spider-Man and which one's alternate Spider-Man. You got to make that decision. You can't say, you're me and me is you. You can't say that. It's a you or me call, (laughs) not a you and me call. So you can't say, oh, both of us are doing the same job. And then you turn loose the down lineman because you're both going to the linebacker. Not how it works. That's when bad things happen. But if you say, hey, I've got more of a relationship that linebackers a little bit to the inside. Let me let the inside guy go and overtake this guy. Or we just keep plowing that guy into the other guy and we make him a PB&J sandwich. We mash them together. That's that's kind of what the mindset is, right? I mean, it's it's not we both need to leave, you know. You have to have one for the fight and one for the flight.
0: Yes. Can't have
2: can't have double flight. <laughs> I, I'd rather have double fight. Listen, I, I would I would be more than happy. If you guys beat the heck out of the guy that's bigger than the other one, and then let the chips fall where they may with the other one trying to sift through the trash. But why not? Why not? Why not just? just have a decision where you cleanly communicate. Hey, if he comes across my face, okay, boom, you're up and in. Okay, if he comes across to your face, boom, I'm up and in. Yes. Like, that's where this offensive line has to get on that same page because way too many run-throughs for the first two weeks of the season for there not to be cleaner communication for a group that has worked together,
1: you know? Yes. There's no doubt about it. So that's what we got to have it. You know, for all the hoopla over Danny Moore, Danny Moore, I mean, Miles Garrett, he, 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 you know, he didn't even get a sack. You know, what I mean, he had yes. a, t- a TFL. You know, what I mean, or he, he came close on one, and and he pitched the ball. But you know, the fact is, Danny Moore played well at, in, in that certain instance. Now, there's other areas he's got to clean up, as do the other four guys. Got to be able to do also. But the all of them got you know, strong at
2: the point of attack, you know, all he, got whipped at some absolutely. point.
1: Absolutely, you know. And the thing about it is, everybody understands that when you're in that room, you know what I mean. You when you, like you and I, we've been in that room. We know what it's like. And you sit there and you watch the film and you watch yourself get beat, and you go, "All right, I can't do this anymore. I got, I've got to get better at this because if I don't, I won't be here."
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's what it is. I, you know, you have to harbor the fear, right? Yeah, it has to live within you, Wolf. Right? Oh yeah. You've you got to live with it because that fear you know, more, more, more often than not should inspire and not cripple.
1: Right. Correct.
2: Uh, You know, it's one thing to know that the boogeyman's behind you and he's exactly five steps. Okay. But you know, most, most guys should be thinking, especially in the professional athlete space. Okay. I've got five steps on him. Not, Oh my God, he's five steps away. You see what the mindset is on that?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. It's, it's, I've still got the edge. But I know he's close, so I can't let up. I can't slow down because he'll catch me. Versus, oh my God, he's almost about to catch me. Oh my gosh, I'm done for. I I, I can't go any further. Right, you know, that's, that's where the wiring becomes difference between a professional athlete and an amateur athlete. Um, how you get to the pinnacle is how your mindset is. True. And, you know, I was listening... To a clip yesterday, um, uh, Michael Irvin was talking to the Colorado uh, football team hmm. and he he talked about, you know, the mentality you have to come out to practice with is I, I I'm here to get get myself and my teammates better. And so he was talking about a specific instance where Irv was they were getting ready to play San Francisco and Jerry Rice was on San Francisco so, he was a specific time where he went up to to Dion and was like, hey, Prime, he was like, Jerry's coming to town. Come on, let, let's go get it. I got to get you ready for Jerry. <laughs> this is Michael Irvin, right? Like, yeah. Michael Irvin, you know, has already got his own problems he's got to worry about. And he's still like, when we go out to practice today, yes, I'm getting you ready for your opponent because that's what teammates do. Right. That's the accountability that you must have towards each other because – you know, real recognizes real. And when you got a legit challenge or a legit dude you're going up against, it's nice to have that. Just like, you know, James Harrison, right? Baltimore week. <laughs> hey, Max, I need mm-hmm. some extra reps after practice. I got J.O. Yeah. So, all right, bet. Let's get this. Because I'm like, iron sharpens iron. Right. If I'm, if I'm getting reps, regardless of who I'm helping him work on, I'm still able to work my craft. And I'm able to provide a look while also taking in information to make my job easier on Sunday. No doubt about it. I think a lot of guys kind of get self-absorbed in those type of situations, which is easy to do. And listen, I'm not blaming. I'm not pointing the finger. Right. But this is just that subtle reminder that it's a dual purpose when you go to practice. It's not only for you, but it's for the guy across from you the guy who has to go do the antithesis of what you're doing and you have to take that responsibility as well because that's the part of being a good teammate. yeah that's the part of being you know five fingers you know into that pile or a hand <laughs> right yep you you've got to be able to do some of that dirty work and that's what it takes at this level to be different than what you've done from before for so for the young guys, Learning those processes. Because we still got a lot of young guys on the offensive side of the ball, Wolf. Yes, we do. You know, we have guys still figuring out the processes. Because here 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 here's my here's my ding-ding-ding moment. Okay. Kenny Pickett still has not gotten 17 starts yet. Yeah. That's true. That's something you forget about. You forget that. So he's still a rookie. So you have to help him because there's going to be ups and downs in this process. And right now he's on the lower part of the roller coaster, but we have to help him climb to the top. There you so go. He can take the corkscrew and start the Whoo! the screaming part of it. The fun part of it, the exhilarating part of it. Cause right now it's no fun. When it's just going on the track on the lower level, you're going for the highs, you know, and the ride that it is, the ride that's to come And so he's just finishing up rookie year repetition. So support that man, help him out as well as help the defense out because the more completions you have in practice, guess what? The more stress you put on your defense to be better to ID those completions. How do I undercut this route? How do I play closer in my coverage to anticipate why the quarterback saw what he saw? Like Mm. all of these things, Work hand-in-hand hand with each other. So when it's sloppy, it's not helping anybody. It's not helping me as said player that's on one side of the ball and it's not helping, boom, said player on the opposite side of the ball. So we need to make each other better so that by the time it gets to Sunday, it's a relief to play a game. Yeah. That's what, And you know this feeling, Wolf. Oh, yeah. You had the same exact feeling I had. Man, I can't wait to get a game because it'll be easier. It'll be a whole hell of a lot easier than what it's been in practice because I'm playing up against hall of famers and great players. Right. I can't wait to play the guys that are okay. Good enough. Right? I mean, yeah. I'm tired of playing against stellar every day in practice banging <laughs> up against that guy. I don't want to see Joe Green. I don't want to see James Harrison and Joey Porter. Give 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 me somebody else to hit. Somebody I can genuinely not like. <laughs> like I don't want to go I want to hit a guy that I didn't have to go in the shower with, you know, or in the locker room with. And then I'm going to his charity event
1: later. It it, it
2: feels awkward. It feels awkward.
1: (laughs) Well, what's not (laughs) awkward is we got to go to break. And you know what? That's a fine opener, my friend. And it is hump day. And we're going to be back with more right here in the room.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: All right, back inside the locker room. On a, on a hump day Wednesday, a.k.a. slash Wex Wednesday on deck. What, Jim slash Wex is joining us.
3: Boo Wednesday. Boo. <laughs> boo.
2: Yeah. That's boo. right. Slash Boo Bird Wednesday. Boo.
3: The Boo Birds are out. I'm going to treat Max uh, like I'm a Tennessee fan every time he comes into the segment. Just, boo. Yeah. Play Rocky and Top make, in the background, boom!
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, I, then I'm just, I'm just going to think of the Pit Panthers every time I hear your voice. Whoa. <laughs> hey, hey you! But hey, by the way, great to hear your voice back in intact. I know, right? Nice it to only, know it only took
3: me uh, only took me four days here to recover from all the yelling <laughs> yeah, four, that I did, all yeah, the how, booing how, that I did at the backyard brawl. Yeah, yeah,
2: how much how much tea did you drink? That's, that's oh the question my good Max. Voice I think
3: I went through <laughs> a whole like a whole box of throat coat. Drunk yeah, coat. exactly. and then i had yeah. three green teas throughout the uh course of the game three different like yeti mugs full of green tea on monday night at the game but i can't stand green tea i can't I- i'm not oh, a huge God, fan lo- of uh, see green tea. like i like cold tea you know what i mean like I- i'm not a oh, huge you like iced tea you like yeah, ice tea and even like i mean i know this isn't really tea right it's just a sugar trap but like the arizona green tea and stuff like that I'm, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, not as much of a sugar. warm tea kind of guy, but, oh, Max, I had two dozen cups over over the last few days.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, listen, Wolf, I, I, I got I to gotta get you some good matcha. Some
3: matcha. Good matcha green Ooh, tea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That,
2: that's, that's the ground uh, green tea leaves. Um, and when you do it in the powder form, it, it's a lot more palatable. I mean, not everybody likes loose leaf tea like I do or bagged tea. Um, but you're so also a big soup it. guy too though you're you're like the, the, i do love i do love i do love my hot liquids uh, oh you uh, he's do. counting
3: okay. down till uh, the steelers uh, press box meal has soup once again here let <laughs> me get a knock. the chicken noodle the soup, soup baby running. i can't wait for it <laughs> this countdown's on it's getting a little chilly quick behind the <laughs> scenes for everybody at, at training camp training camp every day this that past is. year in latrobe right i would go to lunch before getting on the air at noon and you guys were on from, from 9 to noon. Uh, and so I would always give you the lunchtime scouting report, right? I would right. come back, and you guys yeah. would be getting ready to go to lunch. And I'd be like, hey, guess what? They got chicken parm today, baby. Hey, guess what? We got sushi <laughs> today, baby. Well, like a week into it, Max starts going, dude, you got to give me the soup scouting report as well, too. Let me know what soups <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly, because it changes every day, yeah, every like, meal. Like, Max, it's, it's, it's 94 degrees outside in the middle of August. I'm not looking at the soup, so, brother. Okay. It's 72 in the calf, baby, you know? <laughs> 72
2: is climate controlled. It's a slight chill, slight chill in the air. Yeah, I like to sit under the vent, too, just in case, just to make sure that I can be in proper soup-consuming, uh, you know, mental space. <laughs> yeah, I did eat soup, like, every day. Oh, you did? God, with every meal. I did. Oh, you took I some did. back to the room with you, too. Yes, on, a, on occasion when it was exceptional soup, because we did have a microwave, I would then do the to-go container. And I actually got them to get to-go containers for me <laughs> because I was appalled at the lack of said containers to take to-go. We could take everything else to-go. Boxes and all kinds of containers for fruits, you know, salads, and, and meat susses. But susses. But we did not have any for the soups. And so... <laughs> I went, manager. Please give me the soup <laughs> container. Oh, we don't have those, Mr. Starks. Let me work uh, on those. And, and he did boom. though. We got, and we did. And guess what? Other people enjoyed the fact that they had to-go soup containers. You're welcome. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> don't boo, get.
1: Boo, boo. <laughs> boo. Wow.
2: Yeah. It's getting rowdy in the locker
1: room here. Woo!
2: woo. <laughs> there we go. Oh man. But, um, I digress. I digress. Back into action. Okay, so Wolf, um, you know, as we as we kind of are putting a bow on Monday Night Football. Right, correct. Because I was, cause we will be turning said page. Yeah, I got to turn we'll the page, out, brother. We'll be out in Sin City soon enough um, to take on the Raiders. Um the Raiders. Yeah, but, you know, as we look at kind of, Where do you go from here as far as how on a short week, Wolf, do they mentally turn the page and look at this from a critical eye? Because obviously when you win, the eye gets a little loose on the criticism. Right. But these are the moments where you have to be most critical because you're most receptive to criticism after a victory. How do you strike that balance as a teammate, and also what the coaches have to go through to get the guys prepared?
1: Well, I think there's a continuation of what you've obviously already been doing. Look, somewhere between the preseason and the start of the season, as Mike Tomlin put it, they lost their mojo. They've got to regain their mojo. The way to regain your mojo is to get back to basics, and you get back to basics by starting to eliminate some of the Um, Let's say the fluffy things Surrounding the offense and get back To some hardcore one of the things That I would suggest is you know In the first game um, I know that the Steelers were in shotgun almost 90% Of the time you know we saw More under center up at training camp And in the preseason And suddenly you know 90% Of the time you're just in shotgun Uh, That's not the same sort of Thing that we were doing in preseason That was creating good effects You know what I mean so one, that's one of the areas. The other area would be, you know, starting to go with a little bit of jumbo, moving, getting those big bodies going and on early downs, trying to create some good blocking angles to give you the effect of what we saw uh, Najee being able to do on a couple of good runs when everybody got a hat on a hat. So just in that, to me, it's about simplifying and getting back to the very n- nut core of what you're doing well. And what they did well in the preseason was getting a hat on a hat and making sure that uh, they did some things from under center as well as the shotgun, and then cre- just going from there. Am I making any sense in that? I'm, I'm not sure I'm getting across my point.
2: No, no, I, I think you're, I think it's what it comes down to, Wolf, um, I think, and let me try and paraphrase this for you. Um, what's your bread and butter?
1: Uh, Wonder what Bread. Is- <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I booed myself. That's the guy on that, that says,
2: hey, pass me the butter, and they pass you <laughs> country crock. I'm yeah. like, it's not a butter. It's a buttery spread. <laughs> There's a difference. There's All a right. difference. And the Steelers, right now, I, I think, you know, you have to get to what you, because right now, you don't have an identity, right? We don't make that that proclamation or that decision until about four weeks into the season when you have a large enough sample size. But what you can do is help yourself out. Go back to the basics that got you here. And that those basics are from training camp. That was the proving ground. That's where we decided who we are, what we can do, and how we do it. And right now, it kind of looks like they're lost in the woods right now, right? You know, how do you know you're in the forest when you're lost amongst the trees, right? I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, "Mm, this looks like where I'm supposed to be, but I can't really tell. You know, I can't really see my way out of it. So what do you do? You retrace your steps. And you go back to things that you know you feel confident about. Because right. I'm not
1: seeing a lot of confidence in the in the run game or the passing game. Right no, now. and but I think wasn't I trying to make that point? I mean, yeah, that's what it, I'm saying. Okay. I was paraphrasing oh, okay. what you were saying. Yeah, I paraphrased what you said. Okay, because I because yeah. you know I have these moments where I have absolute clarity and an epiphany in my head, but it's not in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. So it comes out exactly. a little bit, and you're like going. All right, uh, that might have been a a toss-32 trap way back in 1984 that just killed that that conversation. (laughs)
2: It was 84, drive-2, L.A. Rams, right? (laughs) There you go.
1: Before the big rains in the second half.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was still dry out. It was a sunny day. I think a bird flew across the stadium. I'm not sure. It's a Tweety bird. (laughs) Yes, Exactly. But but no, I think that's and that's what you're getting to, and, and and or that's what you said, and that's what I was getting to, like kind of just paraphrasing it. But you're absolutely right in, in that context that you've got to get back to basics mm. because right now all the window dressing, all of the fluff, you know, it's like the it's like the little parsley flakes you sprinkle over a dish, right? Oh yeah. It's like it's like oh it looks cute, but what does that have to do with me getting to my pot roast? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, it's just it's interfering with my taste buds right now. <laughs> I'm expecting a good au jus and some mashed potatoes. How come we always and
1: have food references?
2: <laughs> because that's who we are. We're fat guys. <laughs> right you are, brother. The, co- the commonality of life must revolve <laughs> around food because that's what we do just as well. Outside of busting heads, we know how to clear plates. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just that's just the mantra in the back corner. And if you don't like food analogies, I'm sorry for you. Your life is less fulfilling. Um, Literally, for tofu conversation turn to later programming or a different. Station. There you no, go. Just joking. Uh, <laughs> but but I but but that's what it is. I mean, yes. And that's what the thing is when you have a new group and you don't have a group that's been together two, three, four years. mm Hmm you're still figuring out what that identity is, right? There is no bread and butter, meat and potato, got to have it type of play. That's why in the four-minute drive, things stall, right? Because we don't have a bread and butter play yet. We don't have that run play that we can run in any circumstance, right? That We call it the ever ready. Yeah. Just like for you, right? Toss 32 tra- trap. That was the 32-0. basic.
1: Yep. Those, the, it's like we can run that come hell or high water, what would you call the boss play back in Jerome's day? Wasn't that? 38-39 oh, boss. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Crack heads. Yep. Because we had the tight ends to do it, right? We had and We had Heath. And you would literally call that play, and we knew, boom, tight ends cracking down, tackles pulling around, getting the alley, and then we'll have a lead guy as well coming in. And then if we wanted to do it out of trips, it was called taxi. Okay. That's where the wide receiver Hines would come in motion, mm-hmm. crack the defensive end. T- tackle pulls out, takes his man in the at the um, at the cornerback position. If he doesn't trail, if he's playing soft zone, take him out. Boom, running backs got the alley. Like those were the things that we ran, and then Pike counter thirty four Pike, which was a single back counter. Guard pull around, double team up front. Boom to the backside backer, leave the frontside backer for him. Tight end has man to man on the D end. Willie Parker. I was Longest, gonna say, longest, longest run in Super Bowl that, history. Okay, Thank so you, that was Fred the Willie Parker
1: run. Good. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. So those are the things you have to have ready. And how long has it been since I played Wolf?
1: <laughs> you know, how
2: long has it been since you've played? A long and, time. And it's muscle memory yep. because we've repped it so much. Yep. We know what it is, and they don't have the requisite experience yet together to realize that. And that's where you have to rep it out, and you have to be consistent. You have to be almost dogged in your approach to making sure you get to that point. What is the point where it finally kicks in? Because they're like, "Gosh, he called it again!" To man, he called it again. Let's go, boys. Yep. I mean, we got to a point, you know, and and you and I know you guys did this, Wolf, but we would call the same play out of the same formation. Six times in a row at the end of the game. Oh yeah! And we dared you to stop. We're coming right here. I don't want you to have any questions
1: or any thoughts. Let me ask about Max. how to do your job. Yeah. Were the, did your opponents? Could you tell that they knew it was coming? Yeah. Because you see yes. the dread in their eyes. Yes. They were. Pit- but, they're but like, they, oh god. But not some again. of them, they're yelling the play out. You know. Yes. Okay. They're coming here in the B gap. Yes. Yep. That's your explanation.
2: Yep. Dare you to stop me. That's, and we would come off. I'm telling you. Yeah. And yeah, we come off and would beat the snot out of a dude. Yep. And did not care. And his buddies would try and creep up. Boom. Take them too. We're getting three to four yards. I don't care what you say. And we're going to chew up this clock. And guess what? I'm going to watch the hope leave your eyes. (laughs) There you go.
1: It's, I'm going to watch you quit right in front of me. Is there anything better than a, never, a body beatdown like that towards the end of a game? Oh my you God. can see you can see them in their body language getting up slowly, arguing in the huddle with each other, you know, getting all honked off over little stupid things when you knew what exactly what it was. You're coming off full force and you're banging away and they are losing hope.
2: Yeah, they have nothing. They, they have nothing. They're looking to the sidelines debating whether they tap out with their helmet to bring somebody else in because they're tired of getting double teamed or it's the inevitability that they're like, well, the more I stay on the field, the more I get in performance pay, even though I don't know if the performance pay is worth the pain that they're inflicting on me. The quandary of life happens in that moment, and it is, and it is a great feeling, man. It is a great feeling to literally take the fight out of someone that really, really wants to do well. Like mentally, he has it in his head. I know what I need to do to be successful and help my team out, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I've admitted defeat. And that white flag comes up in their head, waves from their helmet, and it's a great feeling. All right, so I'm waving the white flag on this segment. (laughs) So that we can get to the commercial break and that we can pay some bills. And we'll be back in a minute. You are in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here on ESPN and SNR Radio.
0: Is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rookie Presley Harvin. Back to do the honors. He's got a big leg, and now we'll see if he can knock it down inside the 20, and he does, inside the five. Oh wow, as it just sits inside the one. One of the things
1: we don't do often enough is when a kicker has a big day, like a, a punter, like a Presley Harvin, is to acknowledge the fact that that's a pretty dead gum good day. We had to go to his rookie year to be able to get a highlight from the. Because they just don't cut them up. You know what I mean? But Max, Presley-Harvard dropped four punts inside the 20. In the third and fourth quarter, he pinned the Browns back at their own one and six-yard lines, and in the first half, he pinned them back to the five and nine-yard line. He punted with a 45.7-yard average, 40 net overall. That's an outstanding job by a by a young man doing a great job of punting that rock. Okay.
3: Okay. All over again. I think Max is rushing to the microphone. (laughs) Are you there, Max? Give him a second.
2: Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. Sorry. Oh, oh, there we go. It's just the
1: theme of the day, isn't it? (laughs) Now, we were talking about Presley Harvin. We ran a highlight. He knocked it down inside the one. Okay, he had. Four punts inside the 20, backed, backed up the Browns, the one-and-six-yard line in the second half and the five-and-nine in the first half, punted for a nearly 46-yard average. I got to tell you something. That was a great job by Presley Harvin. We want to acknowledge that, that moving forward. That's a heck of a job.
2: Yeah, listen, for as much flack as, as Presley got in that first game, right? Um, you realize that when he was in as the starting punter, that's back when the Steelers were moving the football. So he didn't even <laughs> right. really get practice at booming long punts for three and outs uh, from his own 25. Everything was around midfield. And you, you saw the skill that obviously won Presley the job is the fact that he knew how to kick that end over end punt and for it to land and not roll completely into the end zone. I mean, we had one that was touchback. Uh, where Miles Boykin kind of slowed down on it yeah. and at the last second tried to recover. If he would have ran through and then pushed it back into the field of play, actually would have would have been fine. I was down on that end. But that beautiful one he had that rolled down to the one, oh my gosh, I was standing right there. It hit at the five, took that bounce a little bit forward, and then boom, rolled forward and then hit the sideline. It was <laughs> a beautiful coffin corner punt you know that was in the field of play because normally, by rule, a coffin corner punt is when it goes all the way to the corner and sails out of bounds right before you get into the pylon area, right, right? Correct, but it makes contact so that you know the last place it was was in bounds. But that was that was the best interpretation you could give outside of being a guy by the name of Ray Guy, uh, who was yeah. legendary for his coffin corner punts. Um, it was a tremendous display, and what a bounce back for Presley. Um, to have so no I, appre- I, I appreciate that because yeah that was something I kind of overlooked uh, yesterday when we were doing game balls because that was a heck of a performance because what do you do to to help your your team out and help your defense out give them a lot of grass to defend yes don't give a, don't give them the least amount of grass to defend give them as much as possible and and he gave them ninety five plus yards ninety plus on average uh, of gla-
1: of grass to defend and allow. You know, Deshaun Watson to to self destruct. Just think about that in the in the second half when you need it most, and also the first half, but the second half when you need it most, you gave him a 99 yard field to go and a 94. That I mean, that's just outstanding. And you know the thing about it is punting is not an exact science. You know, yeah. they're, they're, the kicking, the field goal kicking has more of a way that you can get the job done than, than, than a punter because you've got to depend on that fortuitous or non-fortuitous role and how you angle the punt and all that. Th- a lot of little stuff there that to me, I don't know, that's, that's way beyond my experience in the NFL, anything like that. But certainly he really totally redeemed himself after the, the, the first week you know where he came back and really provided some long fields for his Steelers uh, teammates there.
2: Yeah, and, and I think and I think that's something you have to take real and that's where the third phase comes in. It's just as important, Wolf. Yes, it is. is an important phase because you know for punting, that's your that's your first play of defense. Yep. Right that that sets the, that that sets the tone for what this defense needs to do. How aggressive they can be. Because if you got a lot of grass to defend, you can be more aggressive because you have a larger room for error. When you don't have as much, you have to be a little bit more cautious. You have to walk a little more tender. And that's what punting does for you. That's what kickoff does for you. And you take that as a first play, just like return and punt and kick return set up really the first play of offense because it determines how much we need to do and how far we got to go to get what we want. So... That's where it is. Those are initial plays within the construct of your other two phases where they set the tone and the mentality before that unit
1: steps on the field. Well, here we go because we're, we're about to punt the first hour into into the oblivion. About to boot it. We're, we're back for the second hour. going to lead off Wednesday coming up next.